Galaxy. Making technology human. Where does the virtual desk go in your virtual office? This is Transformative. Hello, and welcome again to Transformative, coffee break podcast about transforming your workplace and making your technology feel a little more human. I'm Sam Glover, and interviewing with me, as always, is Kai Main. In this series, we're going to be talking about the productivity revolution, breaking down exactly what is required to build a physical and digital workspace for a modern workforce. So thank you very much for listening. I genuinely do appreciate it. Don't forget, the conversation does continue on on LinkedIn. So join the discussion on the Transformative Showcase page over on LinkedIn's profile. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. In essence, we're going to be talking about the practical and digital workspace. Like, Do you need both? Can you have a purely digital office? And where do you even start with designing one? Since lockdown, we've all realized that we can work on absolutely any surface space, you know, with little more than just a laptop. Because of this, our physical workspace has become like, well, just secondary to the digital one. And that gives us this perfect opportunity to stop and think, like, and for individuals to create the ultimate individual workspace. You know, whether you're designing an IRL office or a purely digital workspace, you still pretty much have to solve the same practical problem. How do we keep it productive? And this is a great question to ask our guests. Joining us around the table to discuss this is Jamie Hinton, the CEO of Razor, and Joe Horbury, Head of Design at Building Interiors Group, who incidentally have just finished building a boxy's like new York Central Work Hub. If you want to, you also can find out more about the productivity revolution over on our website. If you go to bokti.com slash modernwork to find out more, you can how you can optimize your workplace. But for now, let's just get to it and join our conversation over with Jamie and Joe. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, where does the virtual desk go in your virtual office? Um, yeah, we were planning episode titles, and that one seems so silly, but fantastic. We were like, okay, we absolutely have to include it. <laughs> the kind of originating conversation behind it was just around, you know, since since lockdown, and you know, I, I say this as someone who had to who, who joined a company since the start of the pandemic um, in a new role, new company. Uh, so I've had time to kind of reflect on what the experience of work has been like over the past twelve months, and what I've realised is that kind of any spare space you've got in your house or on a counter can become your office because the, the, the physical environment around you, um, at least for now has become a little bit secondary, you know, until we get back into the offices. So with us having a kind of a, a digital first workspace where everything's quite customizable and, you know, you can change programs to look how you want and respond how you want, uh, kind of kickstarting this, this topic, I just wondered how do you create, a virtual workspace that helps people work at their best. And I think to kick this off, I just wanted to point that towards Jamie, just because 
I know a lot of the work you do in Razor is involved with um, UI and creating experiences that um, help people work effectively and help people understand the platform. So yeah, kind of aimed at, aimed at you in the first instance, um, how how you create a virtual or digital workspace that helps people work at their best. So are you meaning literally virtual or as in within the context of like applications, interactions, all that sort of stuff? You know, I had I had meant digital, but I would be so cool. open to that conversation going in whichever direction you wanted to. But it's really interesting. Yeah. You said virtual desk. I actually, first of all, thought around the physical side because I can literally pop my de- laptop down anywhere now and I want to work. But I've got the limitations of I don't have enough screens because I'm used to having four screens. And that made me then think around the hardware around, you know, you've probably seen these projected keyboards and extra screens oh, yeah. you can just use your tablet. What, what are, what's coming? What, what's the new technology that actually then mutates your screen over there, but maybe something that's physical? You know, what, what, what's coming? I, that, that to me was like, oh. Going into Minority Report here. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's becoming, like when you watch uh, things like um, Endgame and you watch Tony Stark do stuff and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, I've just mm. invented time travel. You know, but these things, these future things, these, this is where the future's going. We need, but if we look at, at sci-fi, that's where, or if you look at old sci-fi, we now have it. It's a reality. Mm. And what's really mm. interesting is in China, sci-fi was banned. You couldn't watch any sci-fi. There was no such thing. They had a real problem with innovation. They didn't have any. That is fascinating. Yeah, and, and they brought it back. And years ago, they did lots of research, and they found that it's because they weren't inspired by the, these, you know, the sci-fi and all of this crazy futuristic thinking. They took the ban off it. And guess what happened? Boom. The innovation and the creativity and everything just went absolutely nuts. And I think when you look at it like that, you think, what are you stopping? What's going to happen? Um, so for me, I, I'd look at um, look at those sci-fi. You know, why, why is it not like that? The way that we do it, um, funnily enough, I, th- I feel like it's, it's just something that's so obvious. It's when you design an interface, everyone knows when it looks rubbish, don't they? It's like, you know, some, if you mm. ask someone to draw a picture, and it's like they draw, draw a picture of a person and someone draws a stick man. We all have this thing of that's rubbish. And the same thing is when it comes to technology. We use applications and software and all that sort of stuff these days. And we, we can go, well, that's absolutely hideous. I mean, look at it. Even my mum goes, this is rubbish. I don't know what I'm doing. As soon as you've got those frustrations, that's when it all goes wrong. So I believe like the, the virtual desk and the whole virtual environment you work with is just going to be so simple, so intuitive. Um, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. It's going to take lots and lots of iterations. And we are going to have to get used to the fact that things are going to change a lot. You know, we, usually we don't like change. Oh, that button's moved. Oh, look at the logo change. But it's got to happen in such a subtle way over time you don't notice. After 12 months, if you looked at back at the earlier 12-month version, you'd be like, what's that? Uh, but you won't <laughs> notice anything has changed. That's yeah. what I think is going to be the future it's going to be very, very subtle, positive, gradual change. And then suddenly it's going to be like, this is just normal and people get it. There won't be big banks. There won't be huge infrastructure changes. There won't be, now we're just moving to this application. I don't think you will have these transitions of applications and just having to put single sign-on to use that thing and then that thing. To the user, Mm. it will just be all one thing because it will be shrouded by the brand's ethos and their processes. Under the hood, there'll be these systems that surface it uh, and lots of data-driven stuff. And I just think it will be very, very interesting how we 
how we move forward in terms of data, I think there'd be less, but really good. There weren't the mm. huge dashboards with lots and lots of numbers on because you've got choice paradox. I'm looking at everything, so I'm looking at nothing. There'll be so yeah. little, but it's all actionable. I think there'll be lots of white space and lots of uh, natural um, stuff that we can actually engage with and use because humans don't like lots of stuff. They get very confused and very bored and very taxed. <laughs> it's going to be very my, – my prediction, and that's based on what's going on now, what people are doing now is around that slow, positive, gradual change, less is more, and very, very simple, intuitive, and fast. It's got to be fast because yeah. people can't be bothered. And that's my prediction. I'm like, I'm like septic peg. <laughs> I'd like to just take this. I'd like to take this out just to ask kind of similar question to Joe. Like, is the is like designing a physical office similar to like like that kind of design process that Jamie was mentioning? There is yeah, do you have the same kind of hurdles. It's interesting because all that was what Jamie was just saying was scaring me to death because I think they're the kind of very. Um, Whilst, whilst I do work with tech as much as, you know, CAD is tech, I suppose, um, mm. as is mm. a, a much more touchy-feely kind of um, industry. You know, we do we, – we've got a whole room full of samples that we go in and we'll pull out and um, see what goes together and blah, blah, blah. Um, so th the thought of doing everything on tech scares me to death, <laughs> to be honest, because it's so far <laughs> away from what we do. Yeah. Um, uh, which is part of the reason why I, I just couldn't manage to work at home. It was just too difficult to mm. um, pull things together just on a screen. It's just, you know, it, it, it didn't work for yeah. me. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it, because we design physical offices, it, it, it is very much about the tactile and the environment you're creating. Um, text sits alongside that. Definitely, and the, the better the tech that's in a, 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 an office that makes it better for people to work on, fantastic. Um, so I see it's two things should sit side by side, but you know, I don't think you'd have my personal view, you can't have one without the other. Um, I think we, I can't imagine we'll ever be without physical, yeah. So, yeah, a virtual desk doesn't quite do it for me at the moment, but that's just because of, and that's maybe that's maybe. That's maybe a point that it depends on what 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 your job is, what role you do, what you you know your your day to day activities are, mm. doesn't it? I was just going to say, I think I do think you're you're absolutely right, and I think the pandemic certainly for for me has shown that to be true. I think if you'd have asked me twelve months ago when we just started working from home and it was still a bit of a it was still a novelty for sure whether I'd be kind of clamoring to get back into an office in 12 months time, I'd be like, absolutely not. No, I can't wait. I'm going to buy a dog and we're going to get pets and we're going to have this wonderful home environment. And it's going to be this fantastic space where I'm just going to enjoy working from anywhere in my home that I want. But we fast forward to, to March, 2021. And, um, you know, I admire everything that tech allows me to do and the ways it allows us to collaborate. You know, Sam and I have been able to work together in a kind of virtual creative space to pull together this podcast, for example, which is something that I, I wouldn't have thought to have done mm. in the way that we'd done it before. But I cannot wait to get back into Boxy's new office. Um, so I do think, I, I totally yeah. agree. I feel like there needs to be that balance. 
Yeah, because like interesting, interesting fact. Good, like, keeps Kay, me in a job. Since Kay's joined, I've never actually met him. Never met him in person. <laughs> so it's just kind of, which just blows my mind a little bit that like Kay's someone I've met virtually, only virtually. Currently, he's he's like I'm not sure what you'll look like without the pixels. He'll be six foot seven <laughs> and massive. That's what I found out. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know what's really and- interesting? Jeff? You mentioned the word fear. You feared it. You know that. You, I notice this a lot. The pandemic has forced people to do something they feared because they had no choice. And then it turned out it wasn't that bad. False evidence appearing real. And when you think about technology in the physical space, what about fabric technology? What about infusing, you know, infusing fabrics with different, well, they're putting QR codes and all sorts of things into fabrics. Uh, What about infused uh, lighting into the design? You know, it's, Technology is coming in every single thing we, we touch and do these days. Sports fabrics, seats, or uh, you know, it's just it's relentless. And I think what I want to encourage people to do is not fear change, not fear the difference. Actually, when when I hear the word fear, uh, well, I, you know, you have that tingling pain in your chest going, "Oh, this is a bit hard." That's to me saying mm-hmm. I'm going in the right direction because I'm going against the grain, maybe, or I'm pushing myself to something I'm not doing, I've never done before. And I think that's where a lot of people, there's this article, I think, on the BBC, where we're going to have this huge technology shortfall. Kids aren't being taught the right thing. No one wants to do robotics. Um, And to me, there's this huge fear that kids don't want to get it wrong. Come on, we've got to get it wrong. There's no, no harm, especially in the digital space. It's not like cutting a bit of wood. Now I can't cut it again. It's okay. Um, and I just want to encourage people to go forth into their fear, um, go forth into the good night and actually take it on, head on. It's, it's good. It's a good thing. Mm. I, don't, I don't disagree. I mean, one of the interesting things, that whilst we were going through the design process at Boxing, we actually came across a couple of new tech innovations that we'd not come across before, um, one of which was it didn't end up getting passed in the, in the end but it was a cloaking film to go on the glazing so that it was completely clear from the outside um but you just couldn't see anything that was on an electronic screen inside phenomenal i mean it was it was like fairy dust it was magical so it, wow. it, it you know i think yes it, there's some there's some great tech out there that we can incorporate into the interiors definitely I'm quite curious, Jamie, so I can see, obviously, we've got webcams on, so we can all see um, the environment we're working in. It looks like you're in the in the Razor office. I wonder if the pandemic had changed the way that your team was kind of working and, um, you know, if if people were kind of clamoring to come back into the office as, as soon as possible or if, if they've been relying more and more on technology to, to kind of bridge gaps and had adapted that way. But, yeah, how the pandemic has changed work for, for your company. It's a really interesting one. Right at the beginning, everyone just worked from home, and it was it wasn't a problem to us because you know we've got all everything in place. Everyone uses high spec laptops. Everyone loves what they're doing, so they usually have a space at home to do it in anyway. Not everyone, mm. but you know there was quite a majority of people that did, and it it didn't really affect us to start with. However, what what is hard is when you are initially communicating people, meeting people, it's a lot harder to get rapport. Now, when I say rapport, this is just within the community of the people doing working on projects. You've got to build rapport, especially when you're being, bringing new people in or you're speaking to new customers or anything else. And when I mean rapport, yeah. if I start to do this, 
you, you might start copying, but you wouldn't even notice you did it. You might sit in yeah. the same way. You might say the same. There's so many different things, but you can't always get that across with a video call. Now, that does restrict the, the community bonding within a team, and that's where you get synergy. That's where you get real effective delivery of ideas or pace of delivery of, of anything you're doing. Um, so that is a big that is a big detractor. I can't just walk past and go, oh, "Are you all right?" or "What are you working on?" Yeah. We were talking about the whole, you know, those collaborative innovation bits. There have been moments where people have gone, "You know, we need to get together. We need to get," and and it's all like, well, "It's not safe, so we can't." Or yeah. if it has been safe, we've made it happen. You know, everyone get a hazmat suit, and there's nothing so magical as the team getting together for those couple of days, and they've smashed out what they would have done in ten days in two just because they're mm. physically together and they've got all of those other elements of communication. Technology does one thing, but it can't fix everything. It just yeah. cannot fix everything. Absolutely. In that, in that case, I'm very much looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing what we can achieve, Boxyside, once we get into the, the lovely office that you built for us, Joe. <laughs> I hope yes. so. Uh, can't wait to see everybody's reaction. It needs people in now. It's a nice space, but it just needs people in it. Absolutely. Mm, it feels a bit like a ghost town without people, and it, that's that's rather sad. <laughs> but is as a final as a final thought for everyone. Uh, just before I before we, before we stop this, I'll just is it less about designing a workspace and more of like a like an ecosystem where it's it's less about trying to design one singular aspect or one singular environment, more about this kind of this multiple multiple formats of transitioning from digital to physical to the virtual very instantaneously. And I'll go to Joe first on that one. I suppose in an ideal world, I think one thing that I've learned over the last however many years we've been doing this is there's no one size fits all. We can, you know, we, we know what works best as in giving the right sort of spaces to people to make them work at their optimum. But, there's so many more levels to it that you know the culture from the management down to how uh, whatever sort of um company uh, what's the word i'm looking for values that they have that they instill in the the employees so it's, it's there's no one size fits all but yes i think if if you had an ideal if you if you say what's your ideal mm. workplace it'd be somewhere that's really cool and fun to come to and collaborate but you've got that back into the tech backing or whatever you need to be able to work remotely and that might be a starbucks down the corner around the corner or from your bedroom so i think ideally a bit of everything for me it's all about an experience so the whole thing is an experience the digital initial digital touch point or whatever that first touch point is through the whole experience of being in a in a building and a community and for me it's all we have a principle of it's got to be modular because it's mm. got to accept change what i can guarantee right. about the future it's going to be different this room right now it's going to be different there's going to be different technology yeah. so if you build it such that it's modular however that is it enables you to adapt to the future so mm. we don't know what the future is. The only thing we can do is, is, is make it. You know, we, we are the ones that are going to forge it and create it. So you've got to be able to change without having to have wholesale change that then just adds to the experience. It's just yet another new thing. It's almost like we thought about this. You never know. You? <laughs> but if you think about it, in the software world, it is an experience. In the software world, you're trying to give an experience. You're trying to make people feel however whatever yeah. they're doing. And we always make it modular. 
So mm-hmm. all we've done is learn from the real world of how people have got it wrong. So do the same thing. They're just principles. That's a great note to end on yeah. there again. So thank you very much, Jamie, and thank you very much, Joe, as well. Yes. Thank you so much. So that's all for today. And thank you so much well, to take Jamie and Joe and for you for joining us on the pod. We'll rejoin them later in a future episode when we ask them, is there a future for the physical workplace? If you want to learn more about the modern workforce, go to boxy.com slash modernwork to find out more and you can even book a consultation with one of our works before specialists. <laughs> Next time on Transformative, we ask, how do we keep the digital workspace productive? With guests Rajesh Radhakrishnan from Automation Anywhere and Kim Baxter, People Operations Manager right here at Boxy. And that's going to be an absolutely exciting episode to record. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this BoxCast. Start your digital transformation today at boxy.com. Boxy, making technology human.